You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 73, featuring special guest Amanda Page Lewis. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Vera, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Yeah, you heard me right. You can now search through the Actor Aesthetic Shop to find downloadable cover letter samples, resume templates, audition journal spreadsheets, and hundreds of audition song suggestions categorized by voice type and genre. Level up your audition game and go to actoraesthetic.com shop. Hey friends, it's Maggie. Thanks for joining us again this week on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. I am so excited for this episode featuring none other than Amanda Page Lewis. Amanda and I go way back, like teenagers back. Amanda is an actress and model based in New York City, originally from New Jersey. As an actor, Amanda performed regionally at the Westin Playhouse, Theater Aspen, Theater by the Sea, and the Lake Dillon Theater Company, and has appeared in numerous commercials and print ads. She is also an indoor cycling instructor at Flywheel Sports, and a proud member of Actors' Equity Association. She received her BFA in musical theater from the Boston Conservatory. Follow her on Instagram at amandapage122. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Amanda, thank you so much for coming today. Hi, Maggie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay! All right, so start off by telling us where you grew up and how you got involved in theater. Okay. Um, I grew up in Marlboro, New Jersey, just mm-hmm. about 45 minutes to an hour outside of New York City. And how I got involved in theater, wow. So I've been performing since I think I was like five years old. My mom, you know, I used to like dress up and I loved costumes and I loved singing and dancing and watching TV with music on it and running around my living room. And <laughs> my, my parents were like, okay, uh, we should probably get her singing lessons. And then kind of one thing led to another and I ended up doing like a community theater not too far from my house and and I kind of got bit by the theater bug and mm. then I stopped for a little bit probably from like five to eight I performed and then I stopped and I did like gymnastics and soccer and you know you got to try all the things to make sure that this isn't the one ticket and mm-hmm. and then I think it was about like 10 or 11 and I was like I think I want to I think I want to sing again really? and then you're, you're a little bit more mature yeah. kind of as much as you can be at 10 and yeah, and I got back into it and I auditioned for the local community theater again and it was so nerve-wracking and I really didn't have that much experience. I was so young when I first did it. And then one thing led to another and I kind of just kept going. You trained at a performing arts high school I too, did, right? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to a normal um, elementary and middle school, which was great. Mm-hmm. And I was still performing. I was doing 
kind of like regional local theater. It wasn't yeah. paying theater, but it was a little bit better, higher quality. Yeah. And then it got to where um, you had to go into high school and I had to make the decision kind of what the next path is going to be for me. And I lived in a town where every single school within the neighboring towns offered kind of like a charter school, but with like a vocational moment where you could choose like business or one was acting, one was language arts, one was, you know, ROTC and, you know, the, um, the theater acting program kind of really sparked my interest. And there was a bunch of kids in my town who I had done community theater with in the past who Mm -hmm. were there who said, Minna, you should audition. And then I got like a random monologue coach and, you know, learned a few things and walked in and I thought I totally bombed my audition. Ended up getting accepted to the program. Hmm. And then for four years, I studied acting at um, Howell High School. Amazing. Yeah. And then you ended up going to college for this as well. And then I continued the amazing theater journey. I went to the Boston Conservatory. Yes, you did. Yeah. I graduated in 2016. What made you want to um, pursue it in college, to audition for schools in college? You know, every morning I woke up and I just felt like theater was it for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about this a little bit previously. I've known Maggie for a really long time. (laughs) Crazily, we'll probably get into that. But I am... I just never felt fulfilled by anything except theater and Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted it so badly and to be with the best I wanted to train with the best and from the best so I kind of did what people who are getting ready to audition for college do you audition for 15 to 20 schools which I'm sure you did also and you kind of just hope and pray on a wish and a prayer Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I got extremely lucky and I'm so grateful because the Boston Conservatory taught me so many things about myself about my career about next levels about what to expect, what not to expect, and so many good things and so many bad things, right? And I'm so, so grateful and amazing friendships and mentors and classes. So, yeah, then I studied that for four years and then I moved to New York City. And Did you move, like, immediately after? You know, I actually took, because I lived so close to New York, I was able to live home for a little bit, which was a great way to sort of save a little bit of money. And also kind of get myself back on my feet I booked a show that summer right out of school so I had about four or five months where I was away Mm -hmm. and then I came back and I didn't move until like November December so it was a little bit of time Mm -hmm. I had a friend who booked a show and she's like I have a room open do you want do you want it and I'm like how much is it yes (laughs) you know I like got my coins together and Hmm. kind of subletted from her and then from then I was like okay this is happening let's make a move and I subletted for a year and a half kind of hoping that I would book something and I did here and there I would do small jobs and Mm -hmm. then I was like all right I'm I'm ready to plant roots and I kind of been staying up in the upper uptown version of New York for yeah the last like now almost four years which is awesome yeah that's so wow that's crazy I know it feels crazy do you have an agent? So I currently don't. I okay. was with someone right out of school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over time we've just kind of parted ways. Mm-hmm. I felt like they really protected my talents and understood what I could do. Mm-hmm. But it almost felt better for me to sort of be on my own because I was so all over the place in a lot of different areas totally. that I wanted to explore. And Did you initially get them through your showcase? So I got someone. So my year was a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. We graduated. Yeah. So senior year came by and my class was a little bit larger than the previous graduating classes. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to try something different. They offered to do an online showcase. Wow. So we... We're kind of taken aback, I think, because you Very go to these different. schools hoping that you get this live experience and you work for so many hours and so long for four years to be able to get that one moment on stage. And yeah. we were kind of let down in a way because they said, 
oh, we were going to record everything you do when we went to school mm. for live theater. Yeah. So how do you tell kids who've trained for so long on stage, now all of a sudden they need to be able to act in front of a camera? Mm-hmm. And then we spent the last couple months of school kind of rehearsing that. And Wow. Yeah, and everyone got a chance to be filmed, but what they did was send a package out to agencies in hopes that either their interns or their assistants would watch them. And if they liked someone, they would get sent to the sort of main guy at at the agency. And it just was such a crazy process. And, you know, you're graduating and people are getting ready to move and trying to make the next step with their lives. And now they just took away showcase from us. So there were so many things kind of happening and you're still so raw. I mean, you're only 21, maybe even Mm -hmm. at the time. So you're still figuring out things and learning about yourself and learning about your family and what they want you to do and what you really want to do and, you know, relationships and Mm -hmm. partner. It was just so many things and I'm grateful for it. But at the same time, I wish we had that experience. I would have loved to see the other coin, other side of the coin. Totally. Um, but yeah, it was, I was lucky. Someone saw my video and they called me and I, yeah. And I got an audition for the agency and Uh they ended up accepting me and, you know, asking me to join in, on their, you know, in in their group of people. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome and it was good for a while. And I, I got some good stuff and a lot of great auditions out of it. But totally. then about a year ago, I kind of made a decision that I wanted to scale back a little bit on the rate that I was working at. Totally. And kind of focus on um, myself and just like other things in the industry and kind mm-hmm. of didn't want to be held back by an agent who might have not really saw eye to eye on what I wanted. Amazing. Yeah. Really really smart for you though you. to be doing that and to know what you want I totally. think is the most important thing yeah it's it's really not helpful to rely on an agent for that reason so the fact that you knew what you wanted and made that decision is really important I thank you I <laughs> totally support you, know, you on that you too like I was in equity so I yeah. knew I kind of had I'm, I'm currently an actor's equity. I knew I wasn't going to and... yeah, be afraid to sort of get in yeah. to auditions. I wasn't going to have an issue because I had the, you know, the opportunity mm. to just walk in and sign up or sign up online. And... How did you get your equity card? So senior year, I worked at the Lake Dillon Theater mm-hmm. in Cabaret. I played Fräulein Kost. Mm-hmm. I met so many great, fun people. And living in Colorado, if you get the opportunity, do oh it. Gosh. If you're listening and you're thinking about moving there or did you work at Theater Aspen too? I worked at Theater Aspen. Are Austin. you kidding me? I know. I know. <laughs> I should just be a resident Jeez. actor there. I loved Colorado. I wanted yeah. to go back and it felt, you know, all the, all the stars aligned, which mm-hmm. was great for me. And, um, I finagled away where I worked the first, I think six weeks of the contract as non-equity. An yeah. As an EMC great. member. And then the last two came down to where they offered me my card and cool. you switch over contracts, you sign a new contract, which is great. And, you know, then, then your paper card comes in the mail and then yeah, your shiny so card comes exciting. in the mail. So by the time you, I got back, I was kind of ready to plant as an, act, cool. an equity actor. Yeah. That's good to know though. Cause there are a lot of different ways that you can join equity. Mm-hmm. That is one of them. Uh, you know, you can join through the EMC program. Mm-hmm. You can join if a, a theater decides to give you an equity contract. And that doesn't even mean that they have to give you the equity contract at the beginning of your, your totally. time there, you know, yeah. you can get it halfway through or the last day or whatever, depending on you and your negotiation and all of, and the theater and all of that. Yeah. It's so. definitely common. I think for people now to, to be a little, little hesitant to just offer their, the cards, like totally. the, the theaters definitely don't do that. I mm-hmm. think they're a little more reserved with saying, okay, 
let them work for it, which yeah. I, I appreciate because, yeah. you know, they don't want to just give all the goods away and say, here's what we can do. We have 10 contracts for the season. Totally. These five people get it right away. These five people. And I think it's all business related. It's on all their business end. related. And it, it costs yeah. more to hire an equity actor simply yeah. because the salary and you have to pay into your health and pension and there's Absolutely. all that extra stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand why they would Most do that. People. So you said that you wanted to scale back last year. So it's such a weird thing to admit because for so long... I was so in the business and I mean I've known Maggie probably since we were 13 14 14. yeah and I mean over 10 years Mm -hmm. we grew up doing paper mill together Mm -hmm. in our small little Jersey towns we used to carpool with (laughs) Charlie Charlie. who's now wow this is crazy Jan Jan sport on RuPaul's Drag Race Charlie Charlie, if you're listening I hope you win who knows but yeah so we've been friends forever. We've Mm -hmm. seen so many different versions of actors and producers and directors and choreographers. And, um, I was in it for so long and I mean really in it. And I knew everyone and I like to think I knew everyone, but I, I worked really hard to build relationships with people. And I was a little bit burned by the industry last year. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of auditions where I got to the final round where it really would have just changed my career overnight if someone just said yes. And for whatever the reasoning was, I just wouldn't get it or I wouldn't get the role or I would be in the final two or they'd go a totally different way, you know, or cast someone who didn't look like me or was a little bit taller or something was totally different. Yeah. And it was, um, it was a lot for me. It was really hard because I thought I was going to move to New York and be a star overnight. And, as much as it pains me to say that, it's not how it works. The industry is not black and white. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how many people you know. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It's such a different combination that no one will ever be able to figure out. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful because I have a, a job that mm-hmm. I fell into when yeah, I moved to New York. Job. Yeah, So I teach flywheel which is an indoor cycling studio Mm -hmm. we um are based out of new york but we have locations all over the world and i mean in dubai we have three locations there and then we have a bunch of other studios all around the country and i have a crazy story about fitness and Mm -hmm. lifestyle i mean this is like a lot in one (laughs) in one sitting we need to hear about it um so i actually used to be heavy Obviously, you can't see me, but I'm about 5'6", um, which is a normal size for a girl who's 25. Um, roughly, I was weighed 199, not exactly 200 Whoa. pounds. So I was in um, an unhealthy state, I would wow. say, and knew for what I could do and my ability, it wasn't lining up correctly. And I would go to school all day, and obviously, we went to performing arts high school, so I was working all day long and mm-hmm. eating at lunch and eating when you got home, but I mean, I was eating like bags of potato chips and Mm -hmm. then I was going to dance rehearsal and I couldn't keep up because I was so tired and I was drinking a lot of soda a lot of carbonated beverages so it was not about your weight it was more about your health totally and I think the reason why the changes happened and and the heaviness kind of fell off you know I I ended up getting more fit and into shape Mm -hmm. was because my eating habits changed and once I became healthy you know my body started reacting totally in a healthier way and I could keep up and I wasn't so out of breath in rehearsal and I had to make a decision for my own health and for my career what was going to be the best option and yeah I just started 
mentally on this healthy journey, which it takes more than people just saying you should eat better. You actually have to do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of changed. I was actually the summer, second summer at Paper Mill. I remember seeing a photo and being like, wow, I look good. And I feel happy looking at a photo of myself and I don't feel like I need to hide in a picture, hide the way I'm putting my hand or stand a certain way. Like I like the way my arms looked. I like the way that my dresses in the shows looked better and felt better. And I just felt more confident. And that for me was the first tick of like, oh, this could actually work if I stick to this. And then I started to calorie count and, you know, just be a little bit more focused on what I was putting in my body. Cause you know, they say you are what you eat and it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. If you eat good, you will feel good and you will be able to do way more. And I stick by that for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I saw the picture that summer and then kind of went from there. And that led me into this world of fitness where it never occurred to me that you had to work out when you eat that much. I thought you could just eat and live your dreams. And apparently it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Who knew? Not I. But now saying this is so funny because it's been so long since yeah. then, like almost eight years, I think yeah. nine years this year. And I'm so grateful because I've maintained where I'm at now and I have a job in fitness. So I teach flywheel back, moving back. I teach at flywheel sports, which is an indoor cycling studio in New York city, across the country, across the world. And it's so much fun. It is the first job in my life where I feel like it's not about me anymore. It's Mm. about other people. And I think I was missing that doing theater last year. I was missing what what the reasoning was why I woke up every morning yeah and theater can often feel really selfish yeah and yeah. you know you go through college and you sit around in these big circles and you talk about your feelings and you talk about you know what is theater to you and what does mm-hmm. theater mean and how are you going to bring joy in other people's lives and everyone's like well I'm going to perform and that's going to make people happy and yeah. it wasn't enough for me and as much as I loved performing and being in it all the time and being the first one online and sitting at auditions for hours and really like working on my skill, I would go home at night and not feel fulfilled Mm. and flywheel fell into my lap and it started in Boston. A lot of kids in my class were bar instructors. They had a lot of dance backgrounds. So flywheel also offers a bar aspect. So you could either teach the cycling classes or this bar, which is like pure bar, um, you know, physique 57 or whatever the Pilates sort of version of bar is it's mat and weights and all that stuff. And a lot of the girls taught that. So I used to take those classes and then I take some cycling classes. But when I took cycling, I was like, I want to do that. Like Mm. that seems harder and that seems crazy. And I want to be that person. (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of was bit by this amazing physical, overwhelming sensation of being in a dark room and just sitting with yourself and working out and getting Mm -hmm. to this point of like, wow, I feel incredible after a really, really challenging workout. Mm -hmm. And I signed up and I auditioned just like you would audition (laughs) at a normal call, which is so (laughs) insane. But you know, it's all about the look and the type and what they want. And, and it's, it's everywhere, which is awesome. But at the same time, I had this experience of being in front of people and being able to sort of hold my own. So I knew what the feeling was going to be. And I went in with like, I think it was like 30 other people and they only chose six of us. And I was like, excuse me, how did I get chosen? Like I'm this little theater girl who has zero fitness experience. I just liked working out and Mm. I've taken a couple classes and 
you know, God, I your talked. Your background, though, had so much to do theater, with that. You know, Isn't I that owe crazy? it all to Boston Conservatory, and I yeah. say that every day. I owe it all to just doing totally. it. Totally. And I mean, I was in the room with like D1 athletes who were playing soccer yeah, and yeah, baseball, yeah. and there were these super, you know, tough guys and women who were just so into sh- in shape and into working out. And I was like this little <laughs> ballerina girl who's like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I want to compete with these people, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. And I kind of just trusted my skill and went up and taught a couple songs and That's so yeah, awesome. and got the call. And I started training like two weeks later and wow. the rest was history. And now I'm like a full schedule. Yeah. And how often are you working there now? So I'm only part-time with them, which is great, but Good. it feels like a full-time job mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, maintaining social media and mm-hmm. relationships and clients and meetings and, you know, events and all that stuff. But I teach nine classes permanently a week. Wow. And then I work out, I would say, probably three to five times on top of that. So those okay. are just my own personal workouts. I'll do a bar class. I'll do a spin class. I'll go to yoga, um, awesome. some cardio, some extra things. I work out at home a lot, which is good for me and mm-hmm. kind of clears the space. And yeah, and then I teach mostly at, at night, which I've kind of set it that way so that I could go to auditions during the That's day amazing. if something comes up. So I've been really grateful for that. It's definitely a job that I feel is great has a great relationship with actors and a lot of people who teach are actors. And I know I was listening to some other people who've come on who said they worked in the fitness industry and worked the front desk and a lot of kids who are in theater and are in the arts and have gone to school for performing work there. So it's a Mm. really fun community of people. And, you know, people are always talking about auditions and they're always talking about shows. And a lot of our clients are really into Broadway. A lot of our clients are on Broadway. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have a great, connection with the arts and it's so so similar it's so funny how the entertainment industry and the fitness industry are are really parallel how are you balancing your quote-unquote survival job with auditioning with performing it's tough I will say it's definitely not easy but planning is important I think buying a planner and knowing what auditions you want to hit that week and what fits into your schedule I think making time to audition in the morning versus auditioning later, getting up a little bit earlier to be in line, finding the balance of there are just some auditions that I can't go to because they may run into the time that I have to go to work. And that's a really tough feeling. But over time, it's like money versus going to an audition, which is a tough thing to say and and admit to. But there's just some jobs that aren't as important to me as it is is making my clients feel Mm. loved and feel like they have attention because if it was always about me then I wouldn't be doing what I was doing yeah so I'm so grateful because I've planned it out accordingly but I've definitely scaled back because there's just certain I'm in a position now where I make great money and I can Mm -hmm. choose so yeah I feel great position to be in yeah it it really is (laughs) it really really is especially in New York totally when everything is so expensive yeah it's, it's, <laughs> I always say you walk out and you walk out of your apartment and you breathe and you lose $50 yeah. and you're like where did they go I didn't even leave yet <laughs> and they're just it's flown away uh, and you're never getting it back you mentioned earlier about social media mm-hmm. would love to ask you because you're very active on social media and you're really good at it and Thank I would love you. to ask you how can we use platforms like Instagram Mm -hmm. to brand ourselves, Mm -hmm. whether we're branding ourselves as actors or entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. how can we use it to help us? So I think social media is this amazing thing and it's used for so many different outlets and there's so many ways to get your brand and what you do across and with this new day and age of influencers, right? What is an influencer? What does it mean? And 
how can we influence? I think the first thing about having a personal platform is what do you do and what are you trying to get across to people? Are you an actor? Are you a model? Are you a business person? Are you a shop? Are you a retail store? Are you, what is it? And then once you kind of have that, you can go from there. So over time, I think my social media has kind of changed and I post things that I know my followers want to see. And it's trial and error. And I think that's important too. I know people love my funny witty side. So Mm -hmm. I'll always jump on and do like a raw selfie or, you know, I'll hop on my story and give my two cents on The Bachelor or something really (laughs) fun that I know my clients and my friends and people who know me inside and out are just going to crack up laughing at. Because to me, that's all it's made for. Mm -hmm. But also there's the side of business and, and what you offer and how that can sort of help and... I think social media should be used as an actor to sort of brand yourself. And if you, if you are trying to get a point across, making it as clear as possible and making sure that you're an actor, this is what you do. So don't be afraid to post like a song of you singing or, um, you know, a new work that you're working on or you in the studio or you, wearing one of your favorite dresses and Mm -hmm. doing a small music video like there's so many great platforms there's tiktok there's twitter there's instagram now facebook's kind of like doing its (laughs) own thing you know it's it's doing its own thing but Mm -hmm. still it can be used for good and i think that's what people forget is that there's so much edited stuff there's so much fake stuff out there that when you can bring it down and dial it back and really make it about who you are and what you're trying to influence people to do or like or see or have Mm. then that's when it's used to its greatest advantage so um I'm grateful for it because flywheel is very popular on there and it's a great source for me to sort of connect with my clients and people who take my class and Mm. also it's great to sort of see what's going on I think a lot of great shows a lot of great directors a lot of great you know, actors who are coming up with new things and it's a great platform to sort of like reveal information and sort of be in the know. So I think if if you don't have an Instagram page, you should definitely make one and you should definitely post stuff you love and want people to see and within reason, obviously, Mm. and stuff that's true to you. And I think being positive but also being real is is a really really good way to start mm-hmm. in terms of presenting yourself mm-hmm. I know you really wanted to talk about this because yeah. we were chatting before recording but um you always look so fierce at auditions oh my god you're so nice come on and I talk to me about um how how you present yourself with clothing uh-huh. and, like just talk talk to me about that so I I love fashion. I've always loved fashion. Mm. I feel like there's so many ways to express yourself through clothing Mm. and auditions are a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. And for so long, it was like the jewel colored, the jewel, the jewel tone colored dresses. I, what was it? The jewel, the jewel colored, the The jewel tone, the jewel tone colored dresses, (laughs) you know, like the bright reds and the bright purples and the the navies and the greens and, and the nude heels. Yeah. And that's just how you were presented and that's what was presented to you and you saw that and that was the look and so it has now. changed so drastically in over like the, the last, last 10 yeah, years. I was going to say, that's it, not you know? even like even in the last three years, as yeah. long as I've been hitting yeah. it as, you know, at this level, it's, it's so much about what you offer because you only get 45 seconds in the room mm-hmm. and it's 45 seconds to show every single thing you can do in the last 20 years of your life. What, yeah. what do you have that the person before you and the person af- after you coming in the room don't? 
So the one way you can really, I think, be present with that and show who you are is by wearing something you love and something that fits you great. You know, going back to that fitness thing, feeling your best and feeling like you're not hiding anything you don't want to and you're not showing off things that are inappropriate or whatever. So, you know, finding a great pair of jeans, finding a great cute fitted top or for men, you know, great slacks, great button downs. It's such a crazy thing to see people look like they're letting themselves go when I know how important it is to them. And I feel like if you could find something that makes you feel great and makes you want to get out of bed and jump into every morning and then really strut your stuff, that's going to help you feel and look and present your best work. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've had days in auditions where I've absolutely tanked. Like I've absolutely walked in and done a terrible job and then I leave the room and I sob in the pasta aisle at West Side Market because that's what that's real. is the clothes. You know, like the other day I walked in and I just tanked it to no belief and I left and I was like, damn, that was bad. But you know what? I looked good. So I love the jeans I was wearing. I love the shoes I was wearing. They, yes, you I did. got a compliment when I left the room. I know. So, you always look so fierce know, with like a oh, pair of jeans so and like heels. Come on. But you know, it's what makes me feel good. And I think that's literally almost 80% of it because everyone's talent is different. You know, if I go to a singing audition, I want to feel comfortable on my feet. I want to feel like I'm in the ground and I'm feeling supported. So I want to wear a great pair of heels that aren't too high, but aren't too low, but also show off my sassiness. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to wear a cute top that fits me and a pair of jeans that just, you know, work with movement. And also I can walk around the room and feel confident. Talk to me about the concept of knowing who you are versus letting theater define you oh my gosh this is this is a new discovery for me by the way are you surprised no (laughs) um so thank you to years of therapy shout out to my therapist heather love you but yes heather um for so long Mm -hmm. and i mean still to this exact moment theater is what i do it's what i know it's what i'm good at so they say it's what has been Amanda. So family, friends, extended family friends, extended family. Every time I go home, every time I'm in a situation where there's people who know me, that's how they know me. And it's this tough feeling of going home for the holidays and what are you going to say? What is going to happen when you haven't booked a job in a few months or a few years and you're kind of in that low of your career in terms of theater, in terms of performance? Mm -hmm. And how do you respond? oh, what's your next show? Are you auditioning? What are you doing? Are you still in the business? It's the worst question. And it it makes holidays and family parties and just gatherings so challenging because that's what you're known for. Yep. But I'm, I'm good at so many things. It makes me so sad that that is all that people have really known about me. So I'm so grateful because now I'm in a position where I'm really successful at my other jobs and Mm -hmm. I'm starting to find other interests and other things to talk about. You know, going on dates with people and not only talking about these. So important. And it's so important and you lose a little bit of that. You lose who you really are when you are so theater all the time and when you are so obsessed with theater all the time. And I was. And I truly believe that no one will ever understand me. No one will ever get me because this is what I do and they don't do that. And they Mm. don't do it to the level that I love it and they will never get it. And I finally am in a position where I'm working with somebody who's saying, theater isn't who you are. Theater is what you do. Yep. And who are you? And that's a really typical question. So... 
I'm still working on that part. I think that's a forever changing question and a, a big question to ask someone and how you react to when people say, oh, what are you working on? And you aren't working on anything, you know, right. of interest of saying, or you are and you just don't want to say. What do you say and how do you get out of that? You know, I've actually put auditioning on hold for a few months, but I have this really great job and I'm pursuing that. And I've also just taken an interest into reading and to knitting. And, you know, I love reality TV, so I'm super focused on, you know, catching up on all my shows. You know, there's there's ways to sort of get out of those questions and not feel like you're backed into a corner and this is who you are. And mm. there's a way to sort of segue into other things you like and other things you do. And it's taken me time to not feel like I'm being attacked or feel like, you know, I'm being backed in and only being boxed in as this one kind of thing. But I challenge you to find things that make you you. And maybe you're a great cook. Maybe you're really great at politics. Maybe you're really great at geography, you know. And I didn't care about anything. I cared about theater and that's Mm. all I wanted to know about. And I wanted to know every actor. I wanted to know every celebrity, every person taking over, every Broadway show out, every X, Y, and Z under the book in terms of theater. And it was so damaging in some ways because it led me to not be able to talk about things and not be able to engage in conversation because I was so focused on one thing, which is not a bad thing because it served me right in some ways. Mm. Um, But having... A balance. Yeah, having a balance and having a way to sort of pull back on one thing and push forward on another and then pull back on that thing and push forward on the other and theater will always be there. So mm-hmm. why not take a small jump and leap of faith and talk about something else? Totally. So yeah, it's great. It's it's nice to feel like what I do and what I am are two different things. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, thank you. My final question for you. Oh my God, I'm so ready. <gasps> da, 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 da. What advice would you give young actors looking to pursue a career in this industry? I would say don't give up. It's very challenging. There's a lot of, you know, ways to get down on yourself and there's ways to sort of pull back and feel frustrated to feel like you're not good enough and you are special in your own way and know what you do well and know what parts you can play and know what songs are good for your voice. And even if it's a song you would never sing, pick a song you would never sing. Take a risk. And don't be afraid to have other interests. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to love and love hard. And I said this to you before, failure is success in my Mm -hmm. book. And if you've tried something and you failed, you succeeded. And I always say walk, walk out better than you walked in. So give it your all every single time because those 45 seconds in the room could really change your life Mm -hmm. and they could really change the way, you know, you go forth towards something else. Hmm. I love that. Oh. Well, thank you, Amanda. Thank you so for much having for... me. This is so it's amazing. We've been talking about this forever. So yeah, she has been hounding me I know for I have. weeks it's for years. I'm like, get me on there. No, this is really, really helpful to hear. Oh. And um I think a lot of people will appreciate this. Thank you. Yeah, so well, thank you. Too. Yay. <laughs> If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of the Actor Aesthetic podcast. 
Until then, this is Maggie Barrow signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.